Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. A stone was cut out, not by human hands. This is the picture of Jesus, the rock. Jesus known as the rock. It struck the statue on the feet of iron clay and broke them into pieces. And the rest of the statue was broken into pieces and what remained was carried away by the wind. So eventually, how many kingdoms, including even Satan's kingdom with Antichrist, how many kingdoms will be left in our world? One. And whose kingdom is it? The kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Yeah, yeah. May your kingdom come. What do we know about this world and what is coming of it? Today, as Pastor Mark continues his study in the book of Daniel, he will begin to teach listeners of all the end-time prophecies that the book holds. Everyone wants to know when the world will end and how the world will end. Scripture reveals some truths to us, not just in Revelation, but in Daniel as well. While we will never know the exact hour or time of Christ's return, we're encouraged to be prepared. We do know that the world as we know it will perish, Given that truth, we should all be living our days with eternity in mind. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Daniel's Dream and What Our Future World Looks Like. This fourth beast speaks of the Roman Empire, and it's synonymous, really, with the legs of iron that we saw in that first picture. And out of it comes ten horns. That's equal to those ten toes in Daniel chapter 2. Now, the horns and the toes, look at me, they speak about a revived Roman Empire, which is not here yet. Now, here's what's important. This is a picture of the Antichrist, and I'll talk about that later. You'll see. And This is why this is important. Every one of those other kingdoms are gone. They've been fulfilled. Prophecy was 100% correct. This is yet to come. The Antichrist, this summary verse of prophecy, has yet to come. So there's there's a time coming when the old Roman Empire in Europe is going to be reestablished. We don't really know what that looks like, but it's what's called the Revised Roman Empire. And again, when that comes, it's going to be led by a human His name is the Antichrist. And it will last, eventually be defeated by Jesus Christ when he comes back and and battles him in the battles of Armageddon in Israel. Verse 8. While I was thinking about the horns, remember there's all those horns are all over the place there. As he's thinking about those ten horns, watch what happens. There before me was another horn, a little one. So coming out of these ten leaders or 10 nations, or 10 political systems, we don't know, whatever. Uh, Out of all of this comes what? One little horn. But watch what happens. 
which came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. The horn had eyes like that of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. So this is different. These 10 horns, as I said, are probably 10 states or provinces or countries, uh, part of that economic union. We don't know what it looks like. But Daniel writes this. He doesn't understand it. Hundreds of years later, John on the island of Patmos, and he writes the book of Revelation. Look at how similar. He has the same picture from God. Revelation 17, 12. The 10 horns of the beast are 10 kings who have not yet risen to power. So the revived Roman Empire, of course, didn't happen yet. It hasn't happened yet for us. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast, the Antichrist. So Daniel focuses his attention on the horns, and he begins to see this. And here's what you need to write this morning. When you, when you see this in the Bible, Daniel is going to speak about it like this. The little horn in Daniel is the Antichrist. Anti means against or in place of. So this man that's going to be raised, eventually, he will be against God, against Christ, and try to take the place of God, which is normal. Now, this kingdom will be called Satan's kingdom, this, this last empire run by a man called the Antichrist. In Revelation, he's not called the Antichrist. He's called lots of things, but he's basically called the beast, which we see right here. Now, we leave kind of the world picture, and we take a little trip to heaven. How many would like to take a little trip to heaven this morning? Good. Don't believe half of them books that tell you they take a trip to heaven. Relax. Just read the Bible. Now here, look at verse 9. And I looked, and thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. The Ancient of Days is God. He's God the Father. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair on his head was like, as was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and the wheels were all ablaze. Now, basically, that means, ancient of days means days without beginning. God has always been, always will be. So here's God, the ancient of days, sitting on his throne. Now, while he's there, all kind of neat things happen. It's really a courtroom. Remember what I told you was coming? Judgment. That's my guy don't like judgment. No matter whether they like judgment. I don't like to die either, but you're going to die. Judgment's coming. And the judgment that's coming, notice fire is mentioned twice in that paragraph before. What is fire? It's a picture of judgment. Now, God will be the judge and the jury. How many of you think when God's the judge and the jury, some idiot defense attorney is going to say, I'd like to overrule that right now. <laughs> ain't going to happen. It's just a, he's, he's in, he rules. He reigns. So we're not going to go into a debate kind of thing here. Uh, would you tell me that again? So a lot of people say, when I see God, I'm going to ask him a lot of questions. No, when you see God, you're going to bend down and worship right there. That's it. It's done. He's holy and we're not. Amen. So don't, don't get that idea. So he's going to be judge. He's going to be jury. The, this is not the courtroom of Judge Judy. <laughs> this is God. All-knowing God. No defense motions. No appeals. Anybody looking for true justice in our world today? Oh, my goodness. It's coming. Now, look at verse 10. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated 
and the books were opened. John in Revelation says the same thing. Look at it. Revelation 5, 11 through 13. Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the, love of the living beings and the elders. And they sang, read this together with me, all of our campuses outlined, and they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen, amen, and amen. See, there's only one worthy. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what, what are you talking about? There's going to be billions of angels and people in perfect harmony worshiping God. Now, that's not just a statement. That's not a snapshot. That's not a selfie. That's going to happen forever in heaven. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, why should we be worshiping God? How do you think you got there? Because of God only. We're not good enough. Of course, he's the only one worthy to be worshipped. Can I hear me? By the way, you will not be late for that worship service. <laughs> you know what I just did to you, right? Exactly. Yes, I did it. You will go, oh, I'm late. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I'm only 20 minutes late. You're not going to be late at all. You'll be right there on time. Start practicing. Okay. Look at the end of verse 10. The court was seated and the books were opened. There's lots of books that will be opened. You say, Pastor, God, God's got books in heaven? I mean, for billions of people? No, he doesn't have books like that. He's the greatest computer you've ever seen in your world. You see, there's nothing that God misses. So I don't know how that's going to look, but of course, you think he's going to say to Daniel, and God got on his computer and opened it from the Old Testament. <laughs> Daniel goes, would you repeat that again, please? <laughs> of course not. All they knew was books, so that's kind of picture it. Now, the books refer to God's judgment. So when we're there, the books will be open. Your name will be there. Not with somebody else. You're not standing with me. I'm not standing with Billy Graham. I'd like to. Just talk to Billy. I'll be fine. I'll just sneak in with him. <laughs> Your name is there. You see, nothing escapes the mind of our God. Our thoughts, our actions, our motives. And you're going to see, as you look at this, that in the end, I'm going to be judged in my life. There's two judgments. I'll show you that in a moment. There's more, but individual judgments. It shows me the need to be a person of integrity. Because, you know, lots of people do things and they go, well, nobody will know this. Oh, there's somebody that always knows that. See, and it's not just that you did something. Why did you do it? It's the motive. So there's two different judgments at two different times. Look at this first and write it down this morning. Christ followers will not be judged for their sins. When you get to heaven, you're not going to be judged for your sins. Now, why am I not going to be judged for my sins? On the cross, what did Jesus do? He paid for your sin and my sin. He paid for the sins of the whole world. And if you accept Christ, he took your place. So I won't be judged for sins, but I will be judged for the gap between my potential and what I actually did 
for God. Now, let me explain it before you. As a Christian, when I'm standing before God and he opens the book, it'll be a picture of my life, picture of your life, not comparison to anybody else, just you. It's, not a, it's about rewards. It's not about your salvation. You're already in heaven. So what is he going to evaluate? Well, when you were born, God gave you all kinds of things. Number one, he gave you time, obviously. He, he gave you gifts. Romans chapter 12 talks about a lot of motion, motivational gifts that he gives us. Every Christian has a motivational gift. Service, leadership. Mine is mostly leadership, exhorting, teaching, whatever. That's my thing. Of course, we're all simply servants. So you have a gift. And you have also, when you understand this, everything you have, your money, your cars, your home, your 401k, all of those kind of things, those are all whose? God's. People will answer that really quick. They're God's. But do you give back to God? No. So let me show you how this works. This is God's potential for you. How you spend your hours is God first. Are you interested in the lost? Or are you just interested in you? I come every fourth week, Pastor Mark, what's your problem? Well, God isn't first. Are you serving him during the week? I don't give any tithes. I can't afford gift tithes. Really? Okay. You think you'll be judged for that? Of course you're going to be judged for that. So here's God's potential for you. By the way, nobody ever reaches God's potential. Why in the world are we here? We're not here for us. We're to make him look good. That's what Daniel did through the whole book. It was always about God. Realign your life. Here's the potential. If you're out here, just start working and say, God, help me. Help me to start giving. Help me to use my time better. Help me to be a mom and dad that's better. Just start using, use that thing. Get involved. Minister. Serve. You see, the last thing you want to do is get there. And this will happen to some people. They'll be in heaven, and the first thing they're going to hear is God said, well, how'd you do with your gifting? I never heard my pastor talk about gifting. What do you mean I have a gift? I never knew I had a gift. Well, how'd you do with your tithing offering? Well, my pastor never talked about giving to God, that it was all his. I'm sorry. you too late. You can't leave the building. I've covered them all this morning. You say, well, that bomber never told me about it. Yes, I did. You say, well, why are you telling me about it? So you won't get there and go, uh, is it better to know it now or then? Tell me. Now. now. So see, this is from love for me to you. Seriously. It's for me too. I'm trying to reach this potential God has for me. So stop this morning and say, how can I reduce that gap. How can I actually do it? Because we're going to be judged. Now, here's the second judgment. It's different, very different. This is for unbelievers, people that are not Christians. They'll be judged for their sins because they decided to stand before God on their own. And the wages of sin is death. It's spiritual separation. So they'll be separated from their God forever. You and I will be in heaven forever. So that judgment is coming. This is what Daniel sees. That God on his throne judging people, motives, all they've done. Look at verse 11. Then I continued to watch because of the bolts of words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain, 
and his body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. When we cover the Antichrist, we'll talk about all of that. And the other beasts had been stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time. So the final destruction of the Antichrist will be uh, that kingdom of Satan at the times that the Gentiles will end. And so Daniel sees all of these kingdoms rising and falling, even the one falling that Satan puts in at the end time, run by the Antichrist. Again, Christians are going to be in heaven already. Now, we've seen that in Daniel chapter 2. Remember this picture? Here's this, this, these, these four kingdoms, Babylonian, uh, Greece, uh, the Persian Empire, and then the Roman Empire. But look at the bottom. A stone was cut out, not by human hands. This is a picture of Jesus. The rock, Jesus known as the rock. It struck the statue on the feet of iron clay and broke them into pieces. And the rest of the statue was broken into pieces and what remained was carried away by the wind. So eventually, how many kingdoms, including even Satan's kingdom with Antichrist, how many kingdoms will be left in our world? One. And whose kingdom is it? The kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Yeah, yeah. May your kingdom come. That's what we're talking about. That's what he sees. Now look at how can you have the kingdom without the king? Look at verse 13. In my vision on night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man. Jesus liked to call himself the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. And he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. Verse 13, if you want to write, that's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember, every Christian believes that Jesus is coming again. When Jesus stood in the book of Acts, he said to his disciples, the, the angels, as Jesus went up into heaven, the kind of the disciples going, wow. And the angel said, what are you doing standing here? The way he went, he's coming back. Now get on to work, get, make disciples, go into all the world. Now, so Jesus, you have a picture of that beautiful insight. And Jesus himself predicted what Daniel 7.13 said. Look at it, Matthew 24.30. Jesus speaking, look. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man, Jesus, will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and great glory. That's the second coming. Now, eventually, look at me, and I'll make it very crystal clear. Don't worry about the details. When Jesus comes, and the battles of Armageddon, you've all heard of that. You've seen a lot of movies about that. The battle of Armageddon is more than one. It's numbers of battles. And Jesus is going to come back, and he will defeat this whole kingdom of Satan. Now, the Antichrist will be put in the bottomless pit for a 1,000 years. And I'll explain that as we go through later. Don't worry about the details. I'm trying to make it simple for the first one specifically. And he'll wait until the end of time. And then eventually, he'll be defeated by God as well. Now, look at verse 3. And, uh, excuse me, let me read to you Revelation. This is kind of a summary. And he threw him into the abyss. When Jesus comes back, second coming, he throws the Antichrist in the bottomless pit and locked and sealed it over. And to keep from deceiving the nations anymore for a thousand years were ended. After that, he must be freed for a short time. So when Jesus comes back, watch me, he will defeat the enemy. Satan's put away for a thousand years. What's our earth going to look like? It's going to look like paradise kind of do a redo of our earth. How many think it needs it? <laughs> Are you kidding? Don't worry about global warning. He's going to fix it. Perfect. So it's going to be like paradise before sin and entered the world. And Jesus is, Christ, Jesus is going to rule and reign. There'll be no sin. He's going to rule with an iron rod. And it's going to be paradise on earth. We have a kind of numbers of pictures of that in the Bible. Here's one of them. It, during that time, 
It says the lion will lay down next to a lamb. That's not like today. If a lion lays down next to a lamb, what do you have? You have lamb chops. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It, it, it's going to be, per- they're going to get together. It says a, a child can put his hand, seriously, this is what's going to happen. A child can put his hand in a whole hole full of snakes. Poisonous, not be bit. See, it, it removes sin the way it was always designed to be. And when all of that happens, at the end of the thousand years, you'll see the final battle. Jesus will defeat Satan. And I'll tell you why he's left there, for, freed for a little time. And then God is going to finally establish the new heavens and the new earth. Now, I'm waiting for an amen at that one. Let me just say it again because I went too fast. At the end of the thousand years, paradise, we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth where we're going to live forever with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Is that Pastor Mark? That's like a nice theory. No, everything you've seen is true because God's promises are all true. There's a new heaven and new earth coming. And if you're a Christian, you're going to be there forever. By the way, the gates of hell will never destroy the church. Doesn't matter what Satan does. Now, then you see the rapture of the church. Again, that's what we believe will happen. And that connects when, when the rapture of the church comes, the church goes up. And we'll talk about that more in another week. And then there's that seven years of tribulation. At the beginning is when the Antichrist raises his head. And he says to the people, I can solve all your problems. Yay! Until the middle of the tribulation, when they find out he's a liar and he's trying to be God. Satan can never be God. And then you see the rest of it. The great tribulation, there's the return of Christ. And let me see how you do with this. How many Christians, born-again Christians, believe that Jesus is coming back again? How many? Okay, not, not you. Every single believer does. Even if they don't like the rapture, they don't like this or doing whatever, every single believer, Jesus is coming back. Now, who is he coming back with? You, me. We're coming back with Jesus. We're going to rule and reign for a thousand years on this paradise and then in heaven forever. And that's that thousand years of millennial reign. And here's the last part, eternity. That's the big picture, eternity. Is it appointed unto man once to die and after the judgment? Two judgments, believers, unbelievers. Vera Sebastian, believers, unbelievers. See, death is not the end of life. That's why eternity. You were created a spirit being. You will live in heaven or hell forever. Here's the two destinations. Think about this. Everyone will eventually spend eternity in one of these two. Heaven with God or hell separated from God. The choice is not mine, except for me. The choice is yours. Today we learned from Pastor Mark the standard for God's judgment on Christ followers and the standard for his judgment on unbelievers. Christ followers will not be judged for their sins, but for the gap between their potential and what they actually did for God. Unbelievers will be judged for their sins and then spend eternity separated from God forever. Have you committed your life to Jesus Christ today? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What does the Bible reveal to us about the coming Antichrist? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the Antichrist and encourage us to seek truth about the end times only found in the Bible. God has promised that all Christ followers will live in God's kingdom forever, but it's good to be prepared to look at our life and the world as these times approach through the lens of God's Word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurry